Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Podcast lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Podcast. Gonna talk to my friends. Fancy gonna share a lab. thought. Gonna have a laugh. That's Fancy what I thought. Lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab. Podcast. Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab Podcast. Yeah. And we are back. Oh my goodness. We are back. You are correct. Mm-hmm. You are correct. I love being right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know once every week or so, uh-huh. or so, I can come into the Fancy Lad Podcast Studio, mm-hmm. and I'm fairly certain I'm going to be correct when I say we are back. I mean, if you're in the Fancy Lad Podcast Studio, there's mm-hmm. already uh, like 99.9% chance that we are back. That's right. You know, what else would you be doing in there? Well, I mean... As long as we're recording, we're back. Oh, we're back. I mean, I've been in the podcast studio doing a lot of things. Oh, that's true. Off record. Oh, that's true. But that's the whole point of not recording it. Right, 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 right. No video, no audio. No. No record whatsoever. No. The not, video... even use, not even using the sign-in sheet. You're not even using the sign-in sheet. And Zebo really, really wants us to use that sign-in sheet. I know. Well, I'm so sick of this fucking, you know video just mm-hmm. fucking telling everybody what i'm doing man it's oh, like yeah. oh my god the paparazzi is too much you know they're everywhere they really are everywhere you wake up 4 a.m they're outside the house just waiting for you 12 30 at night you know mm-hmm. while you're in your room they're outside your door jiggling the doorknob yeah <laughs> trying exactly. to trying to just get a quick snap a quick little photo and you've seen all the foot tall uh, little uh, gnomes around here that are actually working for the paparazzi inside the studio, right? They are terrifying. I know. I didn't think they could they would exist, and I don't know why they're so shiny. Like they actually look like garden gnomes, but they're alive. I know they're little critters. They're mm-hmm. like that movie, uh, mm-hmm. Little Critters. No, I was thinking Critters Four. David the Gnome meets Critters Four. Yeah. We are critters of love. That would be a good version. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. No, there's something. Critters are like creatures. I was going to say, not that creatures is the most inviting term, Mm -hmm. but there's something about the term critter that is a little little... spine tingling. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, you know, they're they're crittering. They're like, yeah, makes it seem like they're creature is just like anything. That's all encompassing. Right. Creature. But it could be anything. It could be anything. Yeah. So that's also kind of scary. It could be anything. It could also go. Creature includes critters. Critters are creatures. Yeah. Not all creatures are critters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting a critter, you know that they're bad news. Just like right. the paparutsu. Mm-hmm. Paparutsu. Mm-hmm. Pa- paparutsu right up there with Bubba Hotep. Mm-hmm. You they, know, paparutsu. Mm-hmm. They sing my favorite song. How's that one go again? My life this is my past freeze tort. Torte? Torta. Torta. I love torta. When you freeze your torta. What? You're freezing torta. This is my last freeze torta. You're putting torta in the same freezer that you put human turd in. Mm-hmm. And, and dead snakes. And dead snakes. At, um, not at the same time, though. Or, wait, was it at the same time? 
Okay, maybe it's a, a freeze port. You know, I was trying to think of something that rhymed with resort. A freeze port. Yep. That does rhyme with resort. I mean, you could kind of do dessert and just, this is my last dessert. Yeah. You know, and just be like, that's, that's, that guy says dessert weird, but okay. Yeah. Dessert. Um, but I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want that to be my last resort. You know what I'm saying? Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Very good. Uh, that was very good. But um, yeah, I'm always uh, glad whenever I see anybody sing uh, "Last Resort" by Papa Roach. Mm-hmm. And you know, little known fact: Papa Roach uh, were included in one of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtracks. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to figure out which one. Is it American Wasteland? You know, I actually think it's either two or three, but I can't remember. Really? Papa Roach is in one of those? Yeah. So we're going to have to have the fans reach out. I remember one time uh, I was at the Turek Park, you know, near Ceres. And skating with legs. It was the it was when we were filming the, the fakey five O's at the same time. Yep. I remember the one. Yep. And, um, I, I stuck on one and fucking just like ate shit. And some random guy walking by was like, oh, that could be your scar story, man. And that's such a dumb thing to say, but man, it still hurts to this day. Yeah. When I think of that, I'm like, ow. Yeah, that really stuck with you. Well, I mean, it was like, come on, man. Well, I don't remember that after all these years. Why, why you got to say something to someone right after they eat shit? Yeah. That can be your scar story. I know. I know, um, you know, and I would love to talk about all of your scar stories, mm-hmm. including the time that you were on Scarred. But you know, mm-hmm. there's a couple things that we need to do first, and I think one of them is find a guest for this Fancy Lad podcast episode. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm thinking the other one might be just to. Oh God, yeah. Oh, dude, is that a fucking? What is that? This is actually a Clown Shoes Bubble Farm IPA. That's mm. right. Mm. Well, you know, that looks delicious. I think I'm going to go grab one of those myself. Mm. Oh, God, it's delicious. All right. Well, while you're grabbing it, you know, I'll get on the horn. I'll try to find somebody uh, who fits the criteria of anybody to be on this podcast. But, you know, we might as well try to shoot for a skateboard legend. That sounds like a good idea. Okay. All right. You do that, and I'll grab a beer. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, yeah. After a long week of work, I like to relax by trimming my bonsai tree. And when that starts to really piss me off, I crack open an ice-cold clown shoes brand Zen Garden New England India Pale Ale. Mmm, nothing helps realign my chakras like the full-bodied hazy flavor of a clown shoes brand Zen Garden IPA. And nothing helps me focus on my bonsai garden. Oh, f- 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 Ow. Ah, f- Nick. Ah. Nothing helps me focus more than a Clown Shoes brand Zen Garden IPA. The combination of wheat and oat in a malt bill, plus a steady stream of hop additions, makes for. Oh, f- Oh, sh- Oh, my. Oh, oh. God. F- no, this shit. is bad. Oh, my God. Oh, sh- oh my God. 
Oh, oh my god, it's bleeding so much. Oh my god, I think my blood's really thin because of the 7% IPAs I've been drinking. Call my mom. Call my mom. Please call my mom. To find out more about Clown Shoes Beer and where you can get it, visit www.clownshoesbeer.com. Uh, yeah. And we are back. Oh, we are back. And that was a fantastic break. It was almost too good to talk about. I think we should just skip it. I know. I'm I'm tempted because but you know we get on tirade about our breaks. We love our breaks here, but exactly. I think we sound we found such a good guest that I don't think we can wait. You know what? I'm happy to say we actually did find a legendary skater on mm-hmm. our break. Mm-hmm. And let me just introduce none other than Christian Svitek. Ender Pro skater for label kills, mm-hmm. as I've said before, mm-hmm. favorite video of all time. Right, Christian, say hello to the people. Hello, everybody. Thanks hello. for having me on, and thanks for being on the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, last part in label kills. Did you know you were going to have last part in label kills when it was uh, being edited at all? I don't. I don't think so, and I really don't remember it and i i don't remember to be honest i don't even really remember if at the time if i thought having the ender part was actually like a thing believe it or not like oh like a possibility well no i just i i or you didn't understand the importance of it but that's what i mean like i don't think i really understood like like there's a part of me that feels like when i found out that i did have last part i almost like in my mind, I don't really know if I thought that was some like something that you're supposed to be excited about. Yeah, because a lot of the videos I grew up watching were that, that's not how they were. Like if you watch the old Santa Cruz H Street Powell videos, mm-hmm. um, it well, wasn't those... revolved. They weren't revolved around who has the ender. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. So in my mind, I just I don't I, that whole thing is kind of a blur. But I I feel like. I feel like it wasn't until later in time when people would talk to me about having the ender. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like that's a, that's a thing that I'm supposed to be like, I have the ender or something. Proud you know of. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was just where, whatever. It's just where it lands or you know, in yeah. the lineup. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, those old pal videos, I got to say, I was a big fan of propaganda, which I've mentioned, but that is a long video. So it's almost like it's kind of like the fancy lad videos nowadays because everyone complains that they're too long, Mm -hmm. where Matt jokes that if you have Ender, it's actually a bad thing because no one might make it to the end of the video because people's attention spans are so. Yeah. So now, you know, the first part is the new Ender because, you you know, people are going to see that part because it's the first part. (laughs) Yeah. You don't know if people are going to make it to the end of the video. They though. might not stick around. Yeah, exactly. That's sad, man. That's sad. It is that's sad. They're not. They're not even that. It's not even that long. You know. I mean, the first one's yeah. like hour, hour thirty. No, no. It's it's more Three like hours. It's more like an hour ten, maybe. But I mean, yeah. everyone we try to keep under fifty minutes, or roughly, you know, forty-five to fifty minutes. So you know, but people can't handle a full length anymore. You know, a full like a full length now is like a 20 minute. They put out a 20 minute video and it's like, this is the full length. Yeah. It's the like, new American wow. video is like 20 minutes. Yeah. That just came out. Wow. Oh, is it? Is yeah. that one called this? This. 
Interesting. Is it part of a trilogy? I, that would be good. Yeah, if the next one just is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know yeah. what the last one would be called, but I could think of something, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, that's maybe that's just the result of the, you know, the era we're living in of the phone and everything. It's just, it's, to- I say it's toilet paper. You know what I mean? It's just everything's, you put out this amazing stuff. Skaters work so hard on, on everything. And it's just like, they just, it's just a swipe and yeah, wipe gone. your ass with it and it's gone and you're looking for the next. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh, no, it's disposable. Yeah, it's super disposable. So, which unlike toilet paper, because I don't know about you, Christian, but I save mine. Oh, uh, you're very, you're very thrifty. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tom's punk like that. Yeah, you know, you, know, you just rinse it out. <laughs> He's not going to give those fat cat capitalists and those big toilet paper company his money. Oh my god, are you kidding me? I'm not giving any more money to Big TP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Uh. Um, I've mentioned before, I, uh, actually, I mentioned on the Vert Button episode uh, that I did recently with label, about Label Kills that I had an affinity to, to that video. And uh, because at the time, I just bought the video. I was watching it, you know, a bunch. And I broke my teeth skating at the Medfield Skate Park. And I know that your tooth slam wasn't in actually in the video. It just has the stills of you, you know, flashing it. Yeah. Goods. It's on the cover too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, just yeah. the still frame of it. But, uh, I was saying, I'm surprised they didn't put that slam in the video, even though they used it for the four in one commercial. I thought they would have, uh, you know, double dip that because it was just such a epic yeah. slam, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. And Lucero wasn't afraid to double dip that at all, man. He, yeah, I mean, he milked no. it good. That thing was and everywhere. It worked out for me too, you know. But yeah, you're yeah, right. You, you probably got those royalty checks coming in. Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, after I fell on my face, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not even joking about that. I and mean, I swear, like after I fell on my face, it, it changed so much for me. Yeah, I love Just that. The, it, everything lined up right. My buddy that was there, um, I was there to to front blunt it. And that was, I don't know, when was that? That was like, dude, wow. That was 99. That was 1999. Mm-hmm. So Label Kills didn't come out till 2001. Yeah, right. But I was there with my buddy. I was going to front blunt it, but the photographer wasn't there yet. But my buddy that was there filming it for me was a photographer. And uh, he has since passed away a few years ago. But um, we, were, uh, we were there waiting for Ted Newsom to show up. And so... So I was waiting while I was waiting for Ted, I was doing lip slides down it and we filmed one, which you have, there's the footage of. And then, Oh, well we filmed it. And then Matt was just like, well, I'll shoot some photos of the lip as well. And then I was like, Oh, let's film it from another angle. And he, that's when he took the, the fish eye, the death lens down at the bottom of it. And then I thought it was perfect though. Cause I landed right in front of the lens and Matt didn't hit pause. Yeah. And just kept filming the whole thing and and then he took me to the hospital and shot photos of that that photo i'm actually looking at i have the vhs of label kills right over here that's um, yeah. that's he, actually uh, uh something that actually bothers me whenever i slam sometimes sometimes the person filming is so shocked and appalled they'll immediately press stop record yeah and i'm like you you missed half of the good good stuff after that slam all the 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 blood and the carnage you know yeah it's it's good that this 
filmer was a pro. They knew to just keep it on record. He was on it, man. He kept filming everything. And then he shot photos in the emergency room. That photo that's on the uh, cover of Label Kills was in the ER bed. He came in with snapping photos and whatnot. And yeah, everybody, Lucero and, and did the, 411, did the... everybody was just like milking that. Like all my sponsors were. Yeah. Did really the doctors cool. in the office say, uh, excuse me, sir, what the hell are you doing in here? Uh, why are you shooting photos of this man? Oh, yeah, I think he asked. Like, the, I remember the doctors being super cool. Just like, dang, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. They're like, that's fucking sick. But anyways, I, and I really do, um, after that happened, and it, it just it worked out that way that, um, that Matt was there to film it and shoot the photos. And then I think what added to it was people over the years would come up to me and they'd always say like, they think I was like a maniac and, and they would always talk about how calm I was in the video, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm spitting my teeth into my hand and there's blood gushing out and I'm actually really calm. I was really calm about the whole thing, you know, because whatever your face just got blasted off and it, I don't know, it hurt, but, um, I don't know. I guess it didn't hurt that bad. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. I was super calm about it. And I think like I've had like the toughest guys come up to me and think I'm like some raging maniac that can just like take a baseball bat to the face and not the face, which is not true at all. Yeah. But I think like the way that played out on video and then the, the ads and the videos that were running it just uh, after that, man, I just had for years, man, even to this day, I'll still have people come up to me and be like, can I see your teeth? Like all yeah. the time, like and it's been 22 years, you know, when I broke my teeth, you know, I didn't get any paycheck, you know, all <laughs> I got was a couple root canals and, you know, these, uh, these two shiny, uh, pearly whites, so these, uh, yeah. fake veneers here. The only, they're the only pearly whites in my mouth, you know, call them, yeah. the, we call them the chicklet brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I've got those, dude. I've got them right here, man. I look horrible too, man. When it was all said and done, I'm like, really? This is what, like, this is how it looks now? Like, doesn't doesn't look great, but whatever. But I'm saying, I think that that fall might have subconsciously uh, made me break my teeth. So mm. I'll just send you an in- invoice retroactively for all my uh, dentist bills. Yeah, sure. I yeah. don't know what I have left <laughs> to give you, but. <laughs> no, uh, that was, um, mine was on a 50-50 on a flat bar, in case you were wondering. Uh, at a skate park. So what did you I, do? Do you loop off back or like frontwards? No, it was, well, yeah, it was a front 50. So I'd done it a bunch of times before, but this one time I just didn't ollie on enough and it just went like locking in toe side, you oh, know, like yeah. one of those Ben Gilly 50 fifties yeah. and just slipped out and my like shins hit the flat bar and then it just went face first on the pavement. Sucks. And my mom thought I was joking when I called her. And I was like, because I was pretty calm about it, too, actually. It didn't really hurt that bad. I was like, Mom, yeah, I just broke my teeth. And she's like, no, you didn't. Because I would always, like, try to pull a fast one on her when I would, like, call her to tell her to pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling's at Nancy. You know she's listening right now. She's oh, she's yeah. a huge fan of this podcast. Um, uh, oddly enough. Um, but, yeah. So were you, uh, I know that we were talking before you mentioned that you're from Ohio, which I already knew because on tour we went to this, it's kind of like a gap into a hubba that's in Ohio that you did in a four on one that was psycho. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's at the Cleveland police headquarters at the justice center. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was a uh, crazy clip. But were you already yeah, were you on Black Label when you did that or not I, yet? I did that. I did it multiple times. I did it. Um, first, I did it. No, I think both times were pre Black Label. I was writing for a company called Invisible at the time. I don't know if you guys remember that. Laban Fadias, fucking legend. Yeah, caught clean. Are you kidding yeah, me? Totally. Yeah, my first full video part I ever had, like in in a internationally distributed video, was caught clean two. That was my first full part ever, and the first like tricks I ever had in a international video was caught clean one. I had like four tricks in it. I'll have to run and, that like, one blew back. Blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm in a video. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to run that one back. I remember uh, I just watched Caught Clean 2 recently because uh, I wanted to rewatch the um, Simon Woodstock part uh, to see if he yes. had any good uh, crate clips, you know, since there's this whole crate challenge craze going on, you know? Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Oh, you, you don't know about the crate challenge? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'll send you some clips. No, I'm, I'm really... Uh... I don't mean this in a bad way, man. I'm I'm so out of the loop. I'm way out of the loop. I'm disconnected, but I'm very in my own loop. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, like I does. right here, I have like all my old Thrashers, Transworld, Big Brother, Slaps, all that from the first Transworld, like early '80s, all the way until 1999. After '99, it's it's a blur to me. I don't. I really love know. it. The passion yeah. of skating. And I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that, like that, that old, all those old videos and those old mags is, um, it's what I still refer back to before I go skating. Just to, it, it just makes me feel like a kid again. It makes me excited. Yeah. And now I just feel like I have, you know, I have a family and all this stuff, and I, it's so hard for me to keep up with. And with the internet, there's just there's so much information all the time. Yeah that my brain still works and like, I just want like, I want one magazine once a month. I want right. a couple yeah. videos to come out. I want them to be a, I want all my information to be like a real special thing. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So anyways, yeah, no, I'm not, uh, yeah, for sure. I'm not yeah. trying to knock anything. I'm just yeah. saying like, I, my, I have a lot of friends that will like, I was at the skate park recently and I saw this little girl blasting an air over my head. And I was like, Whoa, did you see that little girl? He's like, that's sky Brown. And I was like, don't know what that is. He's like, you don't know who Sky Brown is? Like, what? He's, he was losing his mind, and I didn't know who Sky Brown was. Yeah. And I went home, and I YouTube, and I found out she's this amazing skateboarder that just was in the Olympics and all this stuff. My daughters mm-hmm. now are fans of her. But, yeah, just, I don't it, know. So, anyway, I mean, sorry. I don't know about she hasn't had a, She hasn't had, like, a part come out uh, that, that I know of, at, at least. I mean, yeah. Maybe she has on, like, YouTube, but, but no, like, like, a video part. Otherwise, maybe you would know about it. It's still too much to keep up with, really. Oh, absolutely. I just, the crate challenge, honestly, I know because people started doing it, you know, out in the streets, mm-hmm. you know. I guess I know through Instagram because people were all, all posting their crate challenges as well. But, yeah, um, you know, I'll send a, I'll send you a video after the uh, all right. um, thing so you'll know what I'm talking about. But right. you, you, your cataloging of all the uh, the skate history, though, it ended at 99, huh? I mean, it didn't necessarily end at 99, but I feel like that's kind of my marking point of where things were very, um, they were still mysterious and magical to me. Mm-hmm. And and then I feel like 
I, I moved to California in 98 to pursue, I was writing for Invisible. And uh, so I was writing for Invisible in 98 and I, I moved out here. And then by the end of 98, Invisible was gone and I got on Black Label. Um, but that was the start of like, are you, um, of, sorry, just quick note. Are you friends with Skate Talk Bob? Oh, he was, he was, he's, uh, he had a old, uh, sort of interview show, but he's like best friends with Brian Young. Oh, Bob, if it's the same Bob. With so the glass, I with glasses. Yeah. I haven't seen Bob in lots and lots of years, but, um, I, when I first moved out here, I lived with Brian Young and Dan Rogers mm-hmm. and Bob was always around. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's, he said. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's him. Wow, that's yeah. crazy, man. Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a long time. But um, uh, to answer so- your question, I'm sorry I that was... I completely got you off track with that. No, it's all right. But shoot, what were we talking about? I was riding for Invisible, got on Black Label. Oh, so that's when things kind of changed for me. Now I'm looking at magazines and videos. Um. I'm trying to like see what everybody's doing because I have to like keep my skating like at a certain level. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So like I, it changed everything in my mind of it went from like, wow, like that's just so special and magical. And I don't know who those guys are. They live in magical pro skateboard land and, and wow. And I live in Ohio in this weird little, this little world in Cleveland. And so, so the magazines and videos are just like this magical special thing. But then once I became like pro and in it, especially through the early 2000s, the mid 2000s, that's where it was like every magazine, you're just, I'm looking for like, do I have photos in the mag this month? Do my friends have photos in the mag this month? And what's everybody else doing? Oh, that dude this did this on the handrail? Well, shit, now I got to like, I, it just changed everything. Like, so now I'm looking at everything as like this, this, this gauge of like what I need to be doing for my next video part or whatever. Yeah. Right. Keep my paycheck. So it, it's, it's still neat. Like I still, I have a lot of magazines from that era. Cause I tried to keep all the, I tried to, I tried to save um, like every magazine I've ever had a photo in. So I have a lot, but I don't, I don't refer back to those to get stoked. Like I yeah. refer back to 99 and earlier. Cause it just was just a more magical in my mind if that makes sense. It's like, yeah. I didn't know the guy, you know what I mean? Now it's like you flip open a magazine, like a guy that was your favorite pro skater. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, I know that dude now he's a shithead. And right. It bums you out. And you're just like, man, eh, you know, so yeah. before you became a part of the beast. Yeah. 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 Which is Pretty the much. skateboard industry. Right. The beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if it had to do with uh Y2K because of uh, that was like, because I, I always think that skateboarding was way more special before the internet, which is obviously, you know, a very popular opinion. And, mm-hmm. you know, even just the fact that 411 Video Magazine could exist before the internet, you know. Um, But yeah, 99 happens to be like right at the time that like I feel like the internet started booming like it didn't really have the same sort of skateboard presence that it does nowadays but i was curious if that had something to do with it but it's just your 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 involvement with the industry and then you know rather than because i have the same sort of skate nostalgia like i mean 
I'll get so much more hyped watching Rodney Mullen versus Day One Song round two for the oh, yeah. ten millionth time mm-hmm. than I would, you know, watching anything on thrashermagazine.com. Unless it's one of the new fancy lad videos. Of course. Right. Well, and, and you know, you it, it's and it's probably just one of those things like everybody has that. It's like whatever whatever, you know, like the music you were listening to at those formative years, that's like this, you know. So it's kinda I'm sure everybody kinda has that. And like what I always add on to that is I always say, it's not that I think anything is bad. I'm not the type of person that I, I never think like, oh, that's bad or that's lame. I always just say like, that's just not what I signed up for in 1988, mm-hmm. right? When I started skateboarding, listening to punk rock in 1988, you know, there was a certain that's energy when going on. That's, that's what I signed skating? up for. Right. Yeah. 88. Yeah. Wow. So I always just say it's like it's not that there's anything bad or wrong with it because it, skateboarding means something different to everybody, right? Yeah. So I always just add in my little, you know, it's just it's just not what I signed up for. You yeah. know what I mean? It's okay. Well, well I love, uh, like I said, I like Black Label because you know they're the biggest biggest company I can think of that I truly think is an actual punk company. And you know I love I love when punks come up. I love to see a punk come up in the game, you know? Mm, right. Not just stay at that low punk status, but actually get elevated to, you know, a sort of skate star status or whatever it is, you know, skate uh, like punk musician, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And I love how, you know, Black Label was actually like seemed to maintain those roots but have this sort of like mainstream appeal to it. Yeah. So that's why Label Kills, one of my favorite videos. But yeah. And you got on from the uh, the 50-50 slam. We just need confirmation for the record for all the listeners the out there. 50-50 into the wall. Exactly. Yeah. No, slam. that was it. Which Laban filmed that. Awesome. Damn. The first the first skateboard trip I ever went on being a sponsored skateboard, I, I got sponsored by Invisible. And, uh, oh, I know what we were talking about. We were talking about the all the end of the thing. We yeah, sidetrack. Yeah, I filmed it twice. I was riding for Invisible. I filmed it one time, and then I went back another time to shoot the sequence for Trans World. Like I don't know, a year later or something like that, and I refilmed it again. So I, so I did it multiple times, and then the last time was where I hung up and I went flying and like bear hugged the the hubba so I didn't fall over and die. Um, so that was that. But the grind into the wall, that was um. I was uh, riding for Invisible. I just got on Invisible, and they wanted me to go meet Laban to do a demo in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And then afterwards, we were going to go to Pittsburgh and skate. Mm-hmm. So Laban was one of my favorite skaters growing up. Like Debbie does Blockhead. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that video. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. man. That's one of my favorite videos. Yeah. Love Laban Blockhead. in that video, man. Like he was always such an inspiration to me, like his gaps and all that. So I'm with him in Pittsburgh and we're filming. I'm like the new guy. I'm trying to like, okay, man, like my hero's here. He's filming me. And we come across this ledge. You've seen it like down a, a 30 stairs into a wall. Mm-hmm. And then in front of the wall, there was water. And he was just so hyped on it, man. And I was at that. It, I don't know, man. That young, that, impressionable that, age. Age That, that, and, and at that time in my skating, these really kind of like crazy things made sense to me for whatever reason like the ollie into that hubba where most people would not 
choose to do that because you could literally die if you yeah. fell over the side or whatever. But so at that time cool. in my skating, it made sense. I was like, well, I could just grind this. I just grind the ledge. And then as soon as I land, I'll just like, I'll just grab, yeah. hit the wall. I'll be all right. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So then I just went for it. And then, so then fast forward when I started making the contact with Lucero and he saw my video, he saw that. And I think that was part of the, the clincher to me getting on black label. Yeah. Well, so. you know what? I, well, first of all, epic clip, you know, everybody, it's the talk of the town to this day for good reason. But, uh, I just want to give some Laban love out there too. You know, Laban was one of my favorite, uh, skaters growing up as well. He was in the first four and one that I bought and he had a profile and I, he's an unsung character in skateboarding. Cause he was actually like a skateboard actor, kind of like bam, where mm -hmm. he would have all these like funny bits. And, but skits. I feel like yeah. skits and bits mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, he just got kind of, uh, lost on the sidelines of skateboard history, but he was a big impact on me growing up and invisible vanishing point is one of my uh, favorite videos when I was growing up. Oh, wow. Up. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Laban, you should get Laban on this show. He's still around. I still see him. I'm in touch with him, skate with him, but, um, yeah, man, he's, I'd love a to. he's a real creative guy. Yeah. He's a super, super nice guy, really creative. But I, re I do remember at that period, when I was on Invisible, so that was the 90s, there was like grumbling about certain things because that was, man, to young people, they don't really understand like how it was an era of skateboarding got very pretentious, mm -hmm. you know? So Invisible was known to have like these skits and stuff and there were people on the team and stuff like, oh, dude, you know, I don't want to film a skit. And everybody was like, everything had to be serious and you had to, you had to land, you know, you had to skate handrails and you had to land every trick. Like you're a figure skater. You know what I mean? Right. You yeah. got to land the bolts. You can't touch the ground. You got to, you know, all this shit. And it's all like right. the rules. And Laban was just like, he was just in it for to have fun, man. And he was all about fun, ripping and just creativity. So he, all these ideas of the skits and, and not only him too, but Dave Bergethold which is also mm. one of my best friends. I skate with him. And he, all, he meant, he mentions time. him in that four in one profile that he's making the caught clean video with uh, him. Yeah. yeah. Bergethold. Bergethold. He, so he was the owner of invisible, but uh, blockhead that was his, oh, which yeah. he still does to this day. But I skate with Dave lives right by me. I skate with Bergethold all the time, but um, he's, he's the same way. Like he's super creative guy. He used to do that. Um, that show built a shred with Jeff King where they make all this wacky stuff to skate wherever that's, I haven't seen it, but I remember Jeff King also making appearances, uh, juggling. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. So there's yeah. that, there's that whole link, but you know, you put Laban and Bergethold together and you're, you know, all kinds of creative stuff comes out, but yeah, no, Laban's great, man. He's still one of my favorite skaters. I love it. And also, you know, that uh, connection with the uh, – because, you know, people can't mention Fancy Lad not mention Simon Woodstock. So, you know, he was in the Caught Clean videos. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Love to, I would love to have him on the podcast too. But, you know, this isn't the Laban or Simon Woodstock episode. No, okay? it is not. It is not. <laughs> no, this is the Christian Svitak mm -hmm. legendary skateboarder episode. Right. Mm -hmm. Ender of Label Kills. Mm-hmm. 
and you know you, you've you've done more than be on black label oh well yeah entrepreneur mm-hmm. such as myself mm-hmm. you know started probably an even more punk company in my opinion 1031 which it's coming up actually 1031 yeah it is spooky <laughs> isn't that spooky, spooky? so spooky <laughs> every year when it comes up i'm like oh god it's so spooky that it's gonna happen again <laughs> yeah so you are a big fan of halloween i take it yeah i love halloween but people always kind of uh you know when i named my company 1031 obviously that's the date of halloween um people kind of always assumed like i really had a lot of graphic ideas of like blood and guts and like gory like kind of like creature type stuff but reality is my whole like love of halloween it's it's very intertwined with skateboarding like number one like i love i I love it because it growing up in cleveland halloween time like the fall i mean you guys know you live back east the fall Mm -hmm. that's the best time for skateboarding absolutely it is it is is the best so huckin season Mm -hmm. yeah man growing up in cleveland skating it's like when fall hit man you put the flannel on Mm -hmm. the air smells different it feels different. People got those. You're out skating at night all the time because of the time change, and everyone's got the cool jack o' lantern glowing, like the, the decorations and stuff. Yeah. And then halt. Oh shit! My phone's. I hope it's not dying. Hold on a second. I gotta try to plug this thing. Out. Actually, I need to. I need to take a quick uh, pee break, real quick. But I'll be right back. This yeah, happen- do that. This happens try- every if you, time. If you want to save the Halloween thing, but yeah, I'll hold on to that. To, I'm real technologically challenged, so like I'm afraid to do anything with my phone, and I'm gonna lose you. Oh, I'm sure it'll be all right, but I understand it's it's uh it's a, it's a whole it's a whole different world, you know. I don't know if this is it's charging or not. Okay, it's charging, but I don't know where you went. I'm still here. There you are. I still okay. exist. I have a, my phone balancing on my water bottle here. Dude, classic. That's how Matt Tomasello films like most of his Instagram clips. Yeah. Yeah, he just like yeah, he just goes out and self films and puts his phone, leans it up against like a Gatorade bottle or something, or an, or an iced coffee that he bought like eight hours before. Amazing. Do you talk to him much? Oh, skate with Matt like every day. Really? Ah, yeah. Lucky. Yeah, we live right down the street. Yeah, he's one of my best friends. Great guy. Dude, I'm, I miss him, man. He was like one of my favorites. Dude, and he's so awesome. rad to see, like, I can't believe, like, from the time I was hooking him up to, like, where he is now, I see the stuff he does. I'm like, it's crazy. Oh, dude, it's insane. You know, he's always been super fucking creative and uh, just kind of, you know, was playing the game of a bit more back in the day, you know, just like, oh, I'll do this because, you know, yeah. people won't necessarily want to see all it, but, like, he's really fucking uh, coming to his own the last few years. And it's insane. Yeah, I'm completely changing the game. That's my neighbor. He's uh he's my most famous friend. God, he's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so awesome. Hold on, let me shut my door real quick. I'm sure we'll talk about him. Oh, we're already on, talking about on him. record. Oh, you oh this is still this on in? record. We're gonna oh, keep okay. this in. Right. We're gonna have him finish his his we're talking about how his love for uh the fall. Exactly. And the why oh, yeah. to call ten thirty one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are we good? Should I start just talking about that? Oh, again? we could keep going. We're going to keep in some of this praise for Matt Tomasello as well. There's no harm in that. Yeah, I, that's great. I would love to talk about Matt. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so what were we talking about again? 
talking about the fall. Is that what we're Ten thirty one and why yes. you know, like you love the fall. So, yeah. so that's just it. It's like it, it really had nothing to do with you know vampires and you know all that kind of shit. Scary shit. Just, yeah. Yeah. It was all just because growing up in Cleveland, skating in the fall is the best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and then Halloween is kind of just like Dead it's center. the pinnacle of fall. Absolutely. It's, it's the day. You know what I mean. And then after Halloween, it's, you know, November it becomes winter. Yeah. It becomes winter. So I just, I've always liked it for those reasons, not for the, the blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. Not for the the creatures and the critters. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, that's never been my thing. And then, um, so then when I was thinking of a name to name the company, I was trying to think of like names, you know, other than calling it Halloween and, Mm -hmm. The closest thing that always sounded cool was Sam Hain, the band, but mm-hmm. obviously I'm not going to rip that off. But um, so then whatever, I just went for the date. I was like, it'll be the date. And then the logo is um, actually kind of ripped off slash inspired by a tattoo on Glenn Danden's arm. Um, when I was a, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to have a photo. I mean, this was like 88. I don't know. I, I had a photo of Glenn Danden on my wall, like looking super tough. Mm-hmm. you know and he's like wearing like as he does a shirt yeah of just course. looking like he's gonna like come out of the wall and like punch me in the face mm-hmm. but glenn danzig has this tattoo on his arm that's the a real um bat like a bat body right yeah and instead of the the bat having a bat head it has the misfit skull for a head and I just, as a kid, I always thought that was so cool. <laughs> so when I, when I was thinking of like a logo, um, that was like the inspiration. So that's why the logo for 1031 is a bat with a, a skull, which my friend found that skull, like on like an old punk flyer or something like that. Yeah. But anyways, Dan- yeah. Danzig rules. I, dude, I, 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 bat, I don't want to meet the guy. I really don't want to meet him. I have yeah. friends. I'm not. I'm just gonna stop there. I have friends that know the guy, so I don't want to see. But like, I, I, I back all the music that I, that has come my way that I like of his. Well, I right. assume he's a bit much. And you, you gotta. If you haven't checked it out, you should see the movie that he directed on. Uh, that's playing on Shutter, the app. Uh, it's a real piece of crap, but it's amazing truly so yeah yeah that's that's my review of it for anybody out there who's listening but yeah you're talking on the break about matt tomasello i thought it was kind of cool that 1031 not only had matt tomasello right inside rider but uh bk and uh fritz mead which uh three boston boys yeah on 1031 all that boston massachusetts love i love it Mm mm-hmm Oh man, it's good skaters that come out of that area. I don't know. I was so just you lucky. You don't have to tell that, us. Yeah, I know. I don't. I was just lucky enough that those guys somehow entered my world, and I was able to be a part of their skating for a, at least a little bit. You know. Yeah, Matt. Uh, you know, he skates a lot different now than uh, than he did at, at ten thirty one. But I think that's what you need for a creative skater a lot of the time because people. I don't know. They they're kind of like almost hesitant to creative skaters in a way before like 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 Gons as a matter of fact is a perfect example of the archetype for a perfect creative skater who, you know, 
proves himself by skating those big rails Mm -hmm. originally and then moves on to creative skating and people are like oh no trust me he's actually really good you should see his earlier parts yeah well i mean i and i think a lot of that i think there's a lot of that in skateboarding but I, i just think a lot of people don't ever get the platform and to and and the support to actually like put it out there and be backed by it right you know and and, and i feel like it, it honestly reminds me of a conversation you guys were having with jason on your last show mm-hmm. about like skating for black label right yep. like the freedom that lucero gave all of us that you wouldn't get on other companies and i don't think a lot of skaters understand like maybe not now it's probably a whole different world i i don't even know now but i'm just saying a lot of people at the maybe even at the time don't understand of how uh fortunate we all were to have someone like lucero in our corner to say like no man like like i know it sounds crazy but to put a no comply in your video part in 2001 was not right yeah but no wall rides that's when we were in the peak of our growing up skate uh nerdism yeah that was our so that our most uh impressionable so we know know when we saw that uh no comply in there we were like wait that looking around not allowed in a skate video what the hell is someone gonna say something are they allowed to do that yeah totally it's all that stuff you know anytime you saw like i mean especially like jason's part but there were a lot of other little things dropped in there that that was loose there was i i know that there were some like arguments that went down i even remember the seeing the first edit of my part i don't i don't even remember what it was now but just thinking like dude john i don't i can't put that in there man like it's not cool you know like the zero guys are going to think it's lame or you know i mean whatever because right. yeah. at the time everything was like i said at the time everything was very these are just my words i put it in right. everything was very figure skating you know what i mean like you have to land bolts you have to land perfect don't touch the ground it's like everything 95 percent of your video part is a handrail you know what i mean right yeah so but you know, having a person like Lucero back you and be like, no, man, like he, he told this to me and I'm sure he's told it to other people. Like I sponsor you for the way you skate. I want you to skate how you skate. And then we would turn in some footage and and think like, if you did a no comply or whatever, like maybe it was just like some throwaway clip or whatever, but it was John that had the foresight to say like, oh, no way, man. Oh, that's a hot move, man. We got to keep that in there, you know? And (laughs) so um, genius so anyways um no like going back to like matt or whoever I, it just um a lot of it like when you're when you're like a, a guy and you're trying to be sponsored and you're trying to do all that like i said i don't know what it is like now but i at least know when i was paying attention to things it was always like um you know it just depends on who you have supporting you you know what i mean right yeah. um, i certainly was in situations outside of black label where i wanted to do skate a certain way or do certain things and i can tell by like i won't you know say who but like the different sponsors or whatever i could just tell like they weren't they weren't supportive of that they wanted me to be not we want to see another do the big front blunt you know what i mean do the do the big front feeble down the big handrail or whatever i'm like dude but but i could do this like i want to do you know what i mean because right. they want so, you to fit the sort of archetype of the rest of the company i don't think it's that different nowadays honestly i think that right 
Like most companies have that same sort of mentality. Well, I don't even think the companies need to have that mentality because I feel like most people have that mentality anyhow, where they're like, this is how I see other people do it. You know, like so yeah. many people like just see so much stuff on Instagram and they're like, this is the proper way to do it. It's, it's just like, you know, people are just want to be like other people. So it's right. difficult when you're like, oh, but I could, but you could do this or that, or, you know, like let's yeah. explore this option. Yeah. Well, and I've always been a firm believer. And I mean, I feel like I like to think that if you look back on the guys that I used to sponsor on 1031, I, I like to think that you can get an idea of, you know, what I like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I always sponsored guys that were not only very, very talented, but all very unique in their own way. There were guys that I sponsored that I remember when I first started sponsoring Ben, Ray, ben Rayborn, I had... Right people literally like in the skateboard industry telling me like, why are you sponsoring that kid? Like he's the wacky kid that does eighties moves on a vert ramp or blah, 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 blah. And I'd always say like, dude, what you're crazy, man. Like, yeah, that's why, how, how do you deny this? Like, how do you deny this? Right. And then it was obviously years later after he left 1031, he, he blew up. House. Right. Yeah. You know, he blew up. And then I'm just like, yeah, remember, hey, remember when you told me I shouldn't be sponsoring this kid? Like, right. Yeah. I mean, Big Zoe, we were, we were saying like, you know, you had Ben, you had Matt and you had Cyril, you know, all, all people who at the time, it's like no one fuck like no one fucking knew who they were, you know? Yeah. No one gave a shit about them like before that, you know? Right. But, and then like, look at what all of them have like accomplished since then, and, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, it's like. It's like now it's cool to like them. And, I you know, know, you also had one of my personal favorites, Chad Knight. Yeah. Mm. Which very good. I always loved that because Chad Knight was, you know, I remember Chad Knight from the storm. So I always thought that Chad Knight was like the one guy who, in my mind, didn't fit on there, even though he kind of, you know, switched up his like uh, gear a little bit, you know, over the years. But. I love Chad Knight as a mini ramp skater and that alone, I was just, uh, you know, so psyched that he was out there doing like front foot impossible to blunt to fakie. Yeah. Crazy shit. No, he's, he's one of the best, man. I, I've traveled with a lot of people. I've, I know I've, I've skated with, you know, everybody and have done time in vans with the best. And I'm telling you, Chad Knight, He's one of the best, man. That guy is so talented. Like the stuff, and he's such a, he's a real powerful skater, man. How'd you end up meeting him? I first met Chad, like, way back, like, I mean, early 90s. He's, because he's from Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And Columbus, Ohio had the skate parks. We would drive two hours from Cleveland to go skate down there. And I remember seeing him. He was just this little kid. And there was always rumors, like, oh, yeah, that kid, Chad, he's, He's flow for H Street, or he's flow for, I don't know if he was flow for Powell. I think he was flow for H Street. Um, so he was kind of like the dude that was known in Ohio that was like this kid kind of coming up. And I, so I think I sort of met him back then. And then um, and then the whole Maple thing happened for him, and he turned pro. That was a big thing. Like, And then, I don't know. And then fast forward years later, you know, we were doing – uh, I remember we did a Thrasher trip together. We came back to Ohio and shot an article. It was like me, him, Scott Pizzella, Dave Coyne. 
because we're all Ohio guys. Well, Coin's like West Virginia border, but whatever. He could still be an Ohio guy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't really know where the actual meeting point was, but I think I've always known of him, and I think he's always known of me. And then at some point in the 90s when he was pro and then I turned pro, I think it all came, somehow came together. But uh, he was the first guy I called. Him and Drew Desort were the first two people when I started 1031. You know, because I knew Chad. I don't even know if he had anything going on, but I was like, this guy should be a part of this. Sneaking around. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Drew Desort. He's an, he's an Ohio guy as well. And he was an unknown uh, skater that I tried to get on Black Label when I wrote for Black Label. But that didn't happen. So I called him up. And I think they were the two first ones. And on Jason that. Adams seems like an obvious choice. The goat. He came way he came way later. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote for me for like a minute. I think out of just like he had nothing else <laughs> nothing else better to do. <laughs> so um but yeah, anyways, I don't know where this was going, but just I think like the freedom of oh, and I always carried that with like what Lucero kind of uh, put on to me coming up as being supportive of like, hey man, I'm here to support you for what you do. I always was that that way with the 1031 guys, you know what I mean? It was always like, man, just do your thing. You know what I mean? Just, I don't, I don't want you to skate like anybody else. I want you to skate how you skate, you know? And so anyways, I think that's huge to have that support but it doesn't always land at the right time you know so because i i think when i look back on 1031 there's a lot of headache involved with it because it was at a time where we were a small little company but that's not what skateboarding wanted at the time skateboarding wanted big companies Mm -hmm. and i even remember we, we purposely would go out of our way to try to make ourselves look bigger than we were this was a time when every company had to have um, a quarterly catalog, a right. quarterly printed catalog with like a, new, a whole new, line, all of, new all this line of stuff. Yep. Yeah. And, and we were, we were literally, we were tiny. So we were constantly trying to do these tricks to like, like, well, we couldn't afford to do a print catalog. So we would be like, well, everything's online. And that was kind of a pain for people because they wanted to have a catalog in their hand. And then, um, I, everybody would ask me like, oh, so you're doing, you're doing this company. Who's it out of? That was the first question out of everybody's mouth. Well, who's it out of? Me. They had to be out of Deluxe, Tomietto, Giant, like right. NHS. Blitz. And I was like, it's not out of anybody. It's out of like my garage. Like that's it. And I just remember even my closest friends just like looking at, almost looking at me with like disappointment. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's not that's not cool. You know what I well, mean? Well, what that a is- fucking, what, what a different time. Cause like now friend of the podcast, yell exit, Ryan Gallant runs visit out of his garage. And that seems to be doing, that seems to be doing yeah. all right. You know, like yeah. if it, if it were a time where like an Instagram time and people would be like, yo, Svitek's got a fucking company run out of his garage. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. So it's just, <laughs> Hey Luca, who's that? Who's that? What'd you say? You don't care. (laughs) I mean, hey, we get that a lot. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, um, 
No, but with that, it's just, it's, it's kind of bums me out because I feel like I was trying to do everything that I felt, I felt was what I, what I, what I like and what I think is right. But it was like, uh, you know, it was a small company in the time where people wanted big companies, right? Right. It was, um, I was sponsoring guys that like came out of nowhere and people didn't understand Ben Rayborn, this kid that wears like a Chuck Taylor on one shoe and a Vans on the other. And he's doing eighties moves on a vert ramp, you know, or any of these guys. I mean, look at you watch those videos and see the different things these guys were doing. There was just a lot of people I would get like, people just didn't understand it. Right. And then, uh, fast forward to where we're at now it seems like now it's really embraced to be like i skate for street plant which is mike valley's company right it's out of his garage like right out of his garage man like and he's yeah. crushing it he's doing so good at it there's no like um there's no uh embarrassment or shame to say like oh yeah so i just do it out of my garage you know yeah well you know fancy has been out of uh just our apartment you know the entire time we've been in business wow so and any money we've made we've wasted on this studio I know. here <laughs> unfortunately well that's nice thank you i was, gonna, I was nice. gonna ask you about street plant because uh you know um red bull were actually just here filming a skate tales about fancy lad mm -hmm. and when they were here they said you know what we just got done filming a skate tales with mike v and christian Svitek. Yeah, they said they were. That's right. That makes sense. I remember them saying after this they were going to Boston. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, how, so how'd you like those boys, Matters, Danny? Oh, it was great. Edu. I, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I met those guys, and yeah, it was awesome, man. I don't know. We just skated and hung out, and that was pretty much it. You know? Yeah. Well, we Those loved guys. them. Yeah, they're yeah. our new best friends. We okay? did oh. not want them to leave. They were awesome. They were so yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, they were so they were uh, they were great. They were good. They were good dudes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see both of our episodes on yeah. Rebel YouTube. Mm -hmm. I I was nervous about it because I I had just bought the plane ticket. I just wanted to go out and hang out with Mike because he had moved to Des Moines uh, at the beginning of the year, and I helped him. I helped him load his moving truck on December twenty seventh. So I went right. to his house loaded up his moving truck and then he left and uh so i finally was like man i want to come out to des moines and just hang out with you for the weekend so i booked all that and then he told me he's like yeah red bull tv is going to be following us around i was like oh i just got nervous i was like oh, i don't want to be in the way of like your thing or whatever and he's like no no he's like they're stoked that you're coming in and modders like grew up with black label and label kills and all that and so it ended up like it was really nice, you know. I mean, um, when when Matt told us that Red Bull was coming, we kind of had a similar thing. Where we were like, "Oh, no, what's this going to be like?" You know. But they yeah. were they were beyond our expectations. They were so cool. It was it was yeah. very nice to have them around because yeah, yeah, they were all just a bunch of skaters that were just like a bunch of you know they were just like all fucking skate nerds and just like loved skating yeah. Yeah. and. uh you know, we weren't sure. We're like, is it just going to be matters? And then like three dudes that just work for Red Bull and don't right. skate, you know, right. which could have yeah. been the situation. Right. That's what I was like worried about. Yeah. You're like, that. ah, now I'm like having to put on a show. But no, it was just like fucking skating with the homies. Yeah, it was nice. It was cool. I really like those guys. So 
yeah, we'll see uh, how it episode turns out. Are you um? So you're a writer for Street Plant. Are right, how many are? Is there anyone else on the team? You and Mike V. Yeah, just me and Mike. The two of you. Yep. Power duo. I love that. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Mike started it in 2015, and uh, asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. I still was doing 1031 at the time, mm-hmm. but he knew that I was like getting to the end of my rope with it. I think like we had already talked about it months before he was doing street plan as a t-shirt thing with his daughter. And I remember telling him cause he was still doing the elephant thing. Yeah, right. And I knew, I knew what, what he was telling me that he was having some internal problems with it. And I was like, man, that sucks. Whatever. I told him prior like back in 2014, I was like, man, that thing, the t-shirt thing you're doing with your daughter, Emily is really awesome. I was like, it just, it makes sense to me like because before i've been really close i mean mike's one of my best friends and he's been one of my best friends since i got on black label in 98 and before that he was one of my favorite pro skaters i've i've got just two of his boards the barnyard and another board hanging on my wall like right there like from when i was a kid mm-hmm. i love and the guy like, he seems yeah. he seems a little intense though but maybe that's just his uh maybe that's just how what he's been we presented see. yeah in videos he's, yeah. he's uh He's just straightforward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, um, it's funny cause I've been so close with them for so long, but I have a lot of friends that, um, that don't know him. And it's funny because I've had friends like say to me, I do like, what's he like, man? Is he like, you know, when you're on tour, does he just like wrestle you to the ground and like whatever, you know, like shit like that. I've always said like, you know what, man, in all the years I've been friends with Mike, all the, touring and all that that i mean he's never even once like like nudged me in my shoulder you know what i mean mm-hmm. i said this is this is how I, I break him down man he's the guy that he's not like this anymore he's he's a lot like mellower and i don't you know he wants to pick anything with anybody but he's the guy what pisses him off is bullies he hates people that pick on the smaller guy yeah in all those situations, that's where he snaps. And I used to hear stories. He would tell me these stories in the early days. I thought he was full of crap until I went to New Jersey and I hung out with his brother, his older brother one time. And his older brother was telling me these stories of back when they were in high school where Mike, his little brother, Mike, would go and fight these older guys for his older brother. Because where he, he, where he grew up in New Jersey, his mentality was you know what, man, like you're going to, you're going to talk some crap to me or whatever. There's, there's not, there's no talking. It's where he grew up. The mentality is like, we're not going to talk about this. It's just going to be like, that's it. Yeah. You open your mouth and talk shit. You're going to get punched in the teeth. So I think he's kind of had that in him since he was a kid, but not like he doesn't, it, it, he doesn't like, doesn't even like, like fighting. He just, he would always just snap when he saw someone picking on, the smaller person so if you were ever in a situation where some dude was like messing some big dude was messing with you he's the friend that you would want around right because he wouldn't stand for it you know standing up for the underdog i like it the to- that's that's totally how he is but i think it comes off in all the all the marketing and all that kind of comes off in like in a in a different way than the person that i know i think that's the marketing kind of I don't, I don't know. 
But the other thing I'll, I would always say about him is he, we literally in the hotel room at night, he's the guy like everyone thinks is like, oh, well, he's just this, you know, maniac wants to fight everybody or whatever. He's the guy that's writing poems in his hotel bed every night, right. writing in his journal and writing poems. Well, that's right? why he's been such an enigma to me. It seems like the, he's always had that juxtaposition where he's always, I like, he's saying everything so intensely and like almost seems aggressive, but it's about like this like sensitive nature. Yeah. And it's just like such a weird dichotomy of a person. I, right. I love him. But, you know, it wouldn't make like Mike V's greatest hits wouldn't have been as interesting of a video if it were all just like footage of him writing poems in yeah. silence <laughs> in like a several different Marriott like locations. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. You know, and another thing that I when I when I first met Mike and I started skating with him, the one thing that I I knew we would be friends. I know this is going to sound corny, but. We were skating together, and I noticed he had the he has the word "alien" tattooed on his arm. It's the mm. word "alien." Mm. And I remember back in '98, getting on the black label and us skating together, and I saw that the alien tattoo on his arm. That's it. Just it all like made sense to me. Like it, I I was like, dude, I I, I know this dude. You know what I mean? Like I and and I guess to give to put it in context, like I grew up in Cleveland in the '80s skateboarding right and and punk rock and skateboarding but i quickly went off not off but i would say um i quickly learned that even like i joined this whole like punk rock world where i was like um you know the black sheep like we were against like the norm norms of the world and you know all that kind of stuff well then i entered into the whole realm of like i didn't want i had a lot of friends that were like just lots of drugs, alcohol, like really, like really bad stuff I was seeing at a young age. And that's when I kind of like got surrounded by some, there was some other older guys that kind of took me under their wing and they turned me on the bands like Minor Threat, Seven Seconds, Fugazi. And it kind of set the tone for me as a young kid of like, um, punk rock and skateboarding was not just like this rebellious, to be rebellious, to be an asshole. It was... It, it set a, a, a it set a bar for me in my mind that like oh no this was like this was an avenue to to beat to beat my neighborhood because I grew up in a real like kind of middle lower middle class blue collar steel mill type of town uh, you know bars corner bars on every corner that's where the dads go after work and all that stuff so yeah I just I I wanted as a young kid like I wanted to like be, I wanted to like beat that I wanted to beat my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. and so but when you when you do start kind of going like down those roads like i decided like i wasn't going to drink i wasn't going to do drugs and, and stuff like that i i really like minor threat well now all of a sudden i was shit man now i'm a black sheep amongst the black sheep you know what yeah. i mean right so i always felt like a real outcast like even in once i started skateboarding and listening to punk rock i was an outcast to like the whole mainstream world of Cleveland back then and mm-hmm. then when I started like really kind of hanging on to the lyrics and messages from like Minor Threat, Seven Seconds, Fugazi that even put me in another black sheep category if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. So and- 
so anyways when i so i've i've always kind of felt that within that whole alien like you just feel like you're an alien like i i, I just feel like i don't fit in any in anywhere you know what i mean yeah and so when i saw mike's alien tattoo on his arm i was like i don't know yeah. in my mind i was just like i i get this guy man i get him yeah no, that, I mean, we've mentioned that a lot before just with uh, Fancy Lad as a whole sort of not fitting in with skateboarding and feeling yeah. like you're like a black sheep of this counterculture. Right. And yeah. you're like, it's it's bad enough that we were like doing this in the first place because, you know, we didn't fit in. But now we don't fit in in the group that we fit in. Right. Yeah. It doesn't really, you know, make sense. Yeah. So it becomes it, you know, but you, you find your tribe, you know, you find yeah. your, your people that, you know, become your support group and, uh, yeah. you know, luckily everything works out in the end. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think in going back to my, you know, friendship with Mike, I, I think that's, that's it. You know what I mean? Like when you, and I know he's probably said it before, but when you look back at like, we've talked about this we talked about this just recently out of like all the years he's been doing what he's been doing like i'm probably one of his like longest closest friends and i think it's because we think very we think very similarly about a lot of things about skateboarding you know about life you know mm -hmm. and um with street plant with him and i i told like he's been through a lot of obviously like different sponsors and changes and all that stuff over the years but by the time he did street plan i was like man this is this is it like this this makes sense like as a friend and as a fan I was like this really makes sense like this is it. it and it couldn't have happened at any other time in your life but he's also tried to approach it as much as possible without the he's been trying his hardest i think we both have been trying our hardest to try to like do street plant outside the skateboard industry we haven't yeah. he never turns he never turns to like i'm sure there's opportunities that could happen or whatever that's fine but they have to happen they they have to happen very organically they have to happen the correct way mm -hmm. it's never been like when i started 1031 i was like well okay i guess i got to come up with a couple grand every year to pay thrasher to run or every month to pay thrasher to run an ad okay yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that was always the formula. I was like, okay, we got to pay these guys money. We got to hope that they think what we're doing is cool, and they're going to give us coverage in the mag, and they're going to run the guys' photos in the mag. Mm -hmm. But when Mike started Street Plan, I was just like, dude, I don't think we need them. You know, I think yeah. we could, I think we could do this on our own. And that goes back to the whole my brain. You know how Jason was saying like his brain like lives in the '80s and all that. Right. Um, I, I can relate to that. My brain really lives in the whole world of um, skateboarding and music to me are like, they're just so intertwined to me. Because when I started skateboarding and listen to punk rock, it happened on the same day at the same moment. So I always thought that like every punk rock band skateboarded. I thought the Sex Pistols skated when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't why know, wouldn't they? Know? I mean, right, that makes right, right. sense. They're both uh, performative arts and, you know, right. uh, all right. the fashion from skateboarding always comes from uh, music. They're, yeah, so, I, they're I, so intertwined. There's, it's so intertwined to me, but like, so the thing I always relate, I always relate skateboarding things somehow back into a music way. And one of the things that I've just always loved a lot in music is discord records 
and I don't know if you're familiar with Discord Records, but that's Ian, Ian Mackay. Yeah. Yeah. So Ian, you know, obviously he's Minor Threat, Fagazi, Korakai, all these different bands he's done. That's been uh, his record label, which I think he also does that with Jeff Nelson, I believe, the drummer. Uh, I think he's also part of the drummer for Minor Threat. I think he's part owner of that as well. Um, but anyways, the whole idea behind Discord that I've always seen in interviews was just like, no, man, like, we don't, we don't want to have anything to do with the music industry. So we started our own record label. Yeah. We, we support bands. We only, we only support DC. They, they sign DC bands. They just don't right. go out and like so many bands have always wanted to be on discord records, but Ian's always been like, well, I only do DC bands, you know? Right. So I've just, I've always thought that was so freaking awesome, man. Like, yeah, dude, they're doing it, man. They're like a band. They're doing it. They're touring and they're not, they're not trying to get, they're not trying to do it with the help of the record industry. So that's kind of been like a loose kind of, at least in my mind, Mike, you know, you'd have to ask Mike about it, but um, I, I always kind of like think of like that, like with street my house, it's always been like, this. It, it can happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's got to happen. You know, it's got to be, it's got to come from a genuine place. Like he's, it's got to be a friend at a magazine or a friend at a place that actually is being sincere and says like, Hey, let's do something with street plant. Not like us begging the big mag or whoever it is like run our stuff, run our video. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I think we could do this outside and he's doing it, you know? So anyways, I mean, that, I don't know how uh, we... with discord and uh, you know, all those sort of, uh, you know, punk or alternative bands or indie bands, you can say that, I mean, the DIY mentality has always been a huge inspiration in fancy lad. And it's funny, actually. I mean, there is even the, uh, it's, it's weird that I'm even bringing this up. I mean, it just happened across my mind when you were talking about that, but, um, the guy who did art for you for 1031 reached out to me to do graphics for fancy lad. And I was like, you know, we always do this in house and it's just kind of like, we need to maintain our own ethos. And it's like, whether it's a success or failure, it really doesn't matter to us. It just matters that it's our own thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what that, that, that conversation just crossed my mind, but it's, it's an important thing for a brand to actually, you know, stay true to that sort of thing. And again, and, and I think it goes back to my mentality, my, my skateboard company, my team, it wasn't, I didn't think of it as like, well, we got to have, we got to have these, we got to have this many t-shirts. We have this many boards and we got to have the logo boards and this and this, like it was never like the brand. And that's the thing I would always hear when I got away from black label because black label Lucero is awesome. So, but I'm just saying when I got away from that and would be working with other sponsors that kind of came from bigger types of different rings, different circles of people that I wasn't necessarily like used to being around. I'd hear a lot of the word brand being thrown around. Oh, well, the brand, the brand. Oh, I got to do it for the brand, whatever. I, I hate that word brand. And when I did 1031, I always thought of it as like more of a band. Like this is our our band, right? Like you, so things have to like the products, the artwork, everything you're putting out has to come from like this more. Um, it has to come from like an authentic, 
place, whether it's just because it's got to come from your friends, it's, you know, and whether or not it's the big, the right marketing thing for your brand or not, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, that's how I've always operated. And that doesn't always necessarily mean like, that's the right, like going to make you good yeah. money. Cause doesn't it mean you're going to make the big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, but a, I don't it's care. just difference between it, having an authentic image and like a image that like you're doing just for the sake of like, right. profiting off of it, you know, cause it's got, it's just it, for me to go to bed at night, it has to come from the right place as opposed to a company that is a brand. And, and what I mean by that, it's like, well, I don't know who owns it. Well, this, well, maybe this guy owns a piece of it, but right, really but the it's... big owner is the dude you never heard of. That's, yeah. you know, a real estate mogul or whoever the hell he is, whatever. Or a fucking and huge weapons manufacturer. Who, who knows? And then they're just sponsoring guys. And it's like, well, that's cool. But I just feel like, I don't know. Well, that just seems like the Backstreet Boys to me. Like you're, it's a boy band, right? Yeah. Like you're putting your, your guys in what the right guys in place to make your boy band. And then you're making the right products with the right artists because that seems to be the right thing. And on your desk, you'll see, and I've seen it a million times. You go into a sponsor or whatever, and they've got everybody else's catalogs laid on them, on them out, laid out on their desk. And they're going through them like, well, this company's, they're doing this type of stuff. Well, we need to have that too. And it's just like, yeah, it's not organically grown. It's uh, manufactured in a lab. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like, okay, well, we might fall on our face doing it, but we got to like, it's got to come from um, the right place, not just because that's the key for money or whatever. Few right. more, few more questions, you know, before we let you go. Uh, mostly about label kills, if you yeah. don't mind. Um, first of all, the colored grip tape was so mind-blowing when I first saw it in the video. I just don't know how you were the only pro skater skating colored grip tape. It almost makes no sense to me now looking back on it, you know, I mean, it does make sense because you know, you're I mean, all co individuals. Co also colored grip was kind of a f faux pas but, at a point as yeah. well. But how did that happen? Did you have to go really go out of your way for colored grip? Did you ever get any sort of uh flack for skating colored grip at the time? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I got the colored grip. I don't know how I got it, but I had colored grip and it just so happened that the colored grip that I liked, I ended up getting a contact with the company. They were from Ohio and they, I ended up getting sponsored by them, which is great. Like I have, I have a lifetime supply of it in my garage. Now I don't ride for them anymore, but I still have enough that I'm good, you know, but, um, no, I, I think it was just another, just one of those things that, um, what I liked, right? I just liked it. Nobody else was, I wasn't doing it because nobody else was doing it, but I don't know. I guess it's just, I liked it, but you I didn't, definitely you didn't care that no one else was doing it. So it no, did, didn't that didn't deter you. That didn't deter you from doing it. No, no, no one ever came up to you and said, nice colored grip nerd. I, dude, I definitely not, not that way, but I definitely, I remember being at contest before and every once in a while I'd, someone would say something like, yeah, I don't know about that grip tape, man, or whatever. You know, I'm riding like fluorescent pink grip tape or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, I don't know what That's to cool. tell you. It's you cool. Know? It's not your board, so it's all right. 
yeah. no, it's weird, man. And that, that's like, a, that's another thing that is sometimes hard to relate to maybe younger, younger skaters. Like, cause now I see colored grip tape everywhere, you know, it's a, it's a thing. And oh, for sure. So to like explain that to a younger skater, like, Oh no, like, yeah. Like to have colored grip tape to, to put a no comply in your video part or a boneless yeah. or to, to come off a, a trick and touch the ground with your hand. It's like, yeah. it's so weird. Like people were really, really uptight. I'm well, sure I mean, people still are, but like it was really uptight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, people, no, the, yeah, uh, no, people the no do comply not understand the boneless. That. I mean, I know that it was a, a, a rule, you know, not to touch your feet on the lava, you know? Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I got to tell this story because I feel like this is, I feel like one of my most important stories, like, like when I think about like my journey through this whole, the weird pro skateboarding adventure and all that stuff. Um, I think the, the thing I try to tell people the most that, that I think about that means something to me was that back in the early nineties, um, I had like a thought in my head of, boy, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, I think me and all my friends like had that same thought, like you're, you're 17 or 18, like, wow, what if I could be a pro skateboarder one day, mm -hmm. but living in Cleveland back then, you know, just, there's no internet videos are on VHS. Like you got to go to California to like be anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the idea of that is, it's not really a reality, you know, but we all started kind of like working towards that. And then video cameras became a thing where you can actually like buy a video, like save up a bunch of money and buy a video camera, you know, right. and start making sponsor me videos. That's, I mm -hmm. guess people still do that. Um, but I remember in the early nineties, skating was very slow. It was very low and real technical, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and, and you got to remember like back then, like everything was happening for the first time. You right. know what I mean? So the nollies, the switch flips, all the stuff was happening. I remember thinking to myself, man, like I was doing all that stuff. I was, I was skating switch and nolly and going slow and whatever. I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that's not what I signed up for right. in 1988. Right. And I just remember at this one point I was, I gave up and I was like, you know what, man, I, I'm just so tired of skating like this. Not because I think it's bad because I have friends that skate like that and they skate really well. And I think it's awesome. And I wish, I wish I was better at it, but what I always liked was just going fast and big, you know, I just like big and grinds yeah. and big ollies and, I feel like Whatever. Jason Adams said a very similar thing where it's just like gave up at a point. He was like, yeah, you know, it's like gave up like doing like nollie flips and stuff. And it's like, oh, fuck this. Like, you know, yeah. this is this isn't what I enjoy to do. Like, I want right. to enjoy it, you know, which right. is not to say again, not to say it's not impressive that other people are doing it or cool, because oh, awesome. if that's your thing, then that's your thing. Right. You know? But also, right. of course, also doing backside heel flips. You know, for some reason, man, that was my. I'm man. I don't know. And you're you're in good company. You're in good company with, with old know, Tom Tweak here. Tom Tweak oh, loves yeah. the backside heel flip. That's that's my go-to. That's awesome, man. His claim that's to fame one, is man. that he he's done it down to five. I did it down to man. five, but it was out of nowhere. Who no one was expecting it. Yep. That you know that was that's the real that's the real kicker. I yeah. Think, uh, I was pretty, that was pretty late in the game. I think I was thirty at that point. Yeah, no. You know. 
I mean, I even <laughs> even being a heel flip guy, you gotta say is going against the grain, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, yeah, the heel flips, you know. So I just remember getting to a certain point with my skating in the early '90s, and this was probably like '93, and I was like, screw it. I was like, I'm I'm never gonna be like the whole idea of ever even being a sponsored skater was just silly. Like, and I was like, okay, like this is just silly. I'm tired of like going out and trying so hard. Maybe if I was better at that kind of skating, it'd be different. Like it would be bitching to go super fast and do some crazy switch flip. I'd be awesome, but I'm not that good. Right. So I just want to do what feels really good to me and what I feel like I'm good at. And so I remember consciously being like, I'm over it. Like, I'm not going to skate that way. I'm just going to skate the way I skate and I'm going to run printing presses for the rest of my life. You know, because that's what I used to do and and that's it and what's interesting is when I stopped doing that I still kept filming because me and my friends were all filming each other and stuff and so my skating was just exactly how I skate how you how I've always skated and it's that footage that ended up getting me a phone call by Laban Fidius in 1995 because he caught I sent a video to them to invisible and he called me up and he was just going on and on about like how awesome my video was that I sent in because of the way I was skating at the time. At the time, he was getting tons of videos of every kid was doing nollie flips and switch frontside flips and skating slow and do whatever. They were all doing the same thing because they thought that was the formula. And I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to send these guys a video of me just doing big gaps and what I do, big 50s and front blunts and whatever and just trying to go real real fast and that's the that's what actually got Laban Fidius to call me up while I was eating dinner with my parents you know and I'm just like yeah you know how rude I'm at at dinner with my parents it's very rude and uh (laughs) yeah so that's that's what led that's what got me to to start to being a sponsored skateboarder on visible was by me just saying like, you know what, man, I'm going to skate how I want to skate. And if it works awesome. And if it doesn't work, that's fine too. And I've always carried that attitude, like all through all these years of just like, you know what, man, I, they're going to have to sponsor me because they like how I skate. And if they don't like how I skate, then I guess that's the end of the road and that's okay. You know what yeah. I mean? I've never been one to like change my get up change my style change anything it's just been like this is how it is so i guess i'm just trying i'm trying to say that because i just think it's important like i just always have felt that that's the most important thing i could pass on to like when kids ask me about like what what do i you know whatever it's just like not road has always been like do it your way do it the right way you know what i mean yeah And and speaking of front blunts you know that front blunt that you did down that steep hubba was that before or after greco back blunted it i'm just curious after. it was after, after. i used yeah. to watch baker 2g i used to watch baker 2g mm. uh zero uh what was that awesome one that came up was that uh misled youth misled youth i'd watch misled youth baker 2g and foundation art bars Hell primarily yeah. mark markovich's part in art bars sick that's what i, I was Worth always it. watching when i was going out to the film for for label kills that's interesting fact and yeah so i i would watch those and um just get super hyped to go film for label kills 
We we love the Ethan Fowler part. Yeah, I was gonna say we're big we're big Fowler we're big Fowler boys over here. Yeah. Yeah, and Ethan Fowler too. Yeah, I mean all those guys, but Markovich's man. I mean, yeah, he had the speed. He He definitely had the speed. Love Markovich. Yeah, love Markovich. But anyways, I don't know what the point of that was. I thought there was a point to what I was saying. What's the point of anything? Yeah, I was just curious. You know. Also, you know, one last thing I wanted to mention. I noticed in the editing. You're the first person, I think, in the Label Kills video that says the F word. And then you have the classic line, fuck this video, which, you know, got quoted, I got to say, you know, so much whenever we were filming it's for still, a video. It still we, gets we, quoted, we quoted to this, to this day, day. To this you know? day. Wow. We kind of changed it, you know. I'm sorry. We filming to uh, <laughs> fuck you, fuck this video, but uh, yeah, we added to it, yeah. But yeah, let's um, I just thought that was a hoot. Me and my friends thought that a hoot that somebody in the video was saying fuck this video for the video that they were filming that we were watching. And you they know? said, you know, what? let's put this in the video. It was great. That's Lucero, man. See. Lucero yeah. knows, man. Lucero knows, like, he knows those things that you would think, like, like I probably shouldn't even have sent him that footage. You know what I mean? Like, oh god, I hope John doesn't hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what does John do? Oh, dude, that's that's great. We got to put that in the video. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, you don't you don't care about no. The, that was the a very you just, you just care more about skating. You know? Right. You I mean, that, that was an authentic moment. That that was a moment in my life, like. That was the result of me becoming a pro skateboarder, which was not like, obviously it was something I was like trying to make happen, but I didn't really think was a reality. Mm-hmm. So then to become a pro skateboarder, I just, I always felt like, uh, it just became a lot of pressure on my shoulders. Like, dude, I'm not, not that, like, I'm not that good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that good. This is crazy. And, and now I got a film for like this video that's coming out and like, oh my God, like I can't keep up with what everybody's doing. And. And then I'm watching like, you know, uh, Baker and, and, uh, and Zero and all this stuff. I'm like, those guys are pros, not me, you know? So when I go out and film, if I couldn't do at that time, I don't lose my mind like that anymore. But that, that was a window where I didn't understand how to handle that pressure that I had. And I did it all in my head. You know what right. I mean? And Lucero didn't put that on me. It was all made up in my head. Right. I just, I didn't know how to deal with it. So when I go out and film and I couldn't do it, I was just like, oh my God, this is crazy. This, this guy's cut, these people are cutting me paychecks and I can't even do this trick I'm trying to film. And I would just lose my shit. <laughs> it's yeah. just, well, I always say it's just the passion coming out, you know, the passion for skateboarding, you know? Yeah, I, I do love it. I, I don't like freaking out like that. I don't like when people freak out like that, but. Like when when you yell fuck even before you even go to Ollie onto that front board on the bench. Love that. Oh. <laughs> and I am still very vocal, but I don't I don't I don't go crazy mad like that, but when I skate I'm always like I'm always grunting and and yelling like in mid trick like all the time. I don't know. There's something about being vocal like helps the yeah. the power come out. I don't know. Like when you're about to slam and you're like I don't know, it like somehow helps you get out or yeah so but yeah so you know once again congratulations on your label kills part Um. (laughs) (laughs) and and and, you know i think it's really cool that you guys are covering this because i have been trying 
over this past year, because this is 20 years, the 20 year anniversary of Wayman Kills. Yeah. Right. So I, on my Instagram, I, earlier in the year, I went and dug up all these like label kills artifacts I have. And over the course of the year, I'm pretty bad. I'm not really, I post like once a week, so it's, I don't, I'm not getting a lot out, but I've been this whole year, I've been trying to make label kills anniversary posts and like post cool mm -hmm. stuff out of my like archives for label kills. And, um, I talked to John about it and he's just like, Oh man, thanks for doing that. Like, you know, in true John fashion, he's like, I, I want to do something, but oh, I'm so busy. You know, he just, yeah. yeah, it's hard for him to get around to doing anything cool, but he's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm stoked you're doing that, and whatever. So it makes me feel good that like John's stoked that I'm, you know, doing that and just trying to like, I don't know, just it's an important, it was an important video for me. You know, it changed my life and I think it changed a lot of the guys on the team's lives. And I think there's a lot of skaters out there that still love it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? You should let let loose Sarah and fucking all the other label boys know. Like, if they want to celebrate the 20-year anniversary via the Fancy Lad podcast, yeah, we're an, we're an open venue for that because we're all about celebrating it. Yeah. But, I mean, it I definitely did change a lot of lives. I mean, Big Zoe being one of them, who, of course, just had to go take another one of his famous pee breaks. But... <laughs> yeah. No, well, I'd say like over all these years, Label Kills is still the video that I get people coming up to me and talking to me about, you know, emailing me about like people still, I mean, and, and you know, that video still only ever been released on VHS, you know, right. There was never, there was never even a DVD made of it, you know? Oh yeah. No, I know. Yeah. We got, we got a few copies of the VHS here. We actually yeah. live streamed it a few weeks ago oh. on YouTube. Hello. You say hi. No. No. <laughs> I can't blame her. <laughs> no, my nieces and my nieces and nephews don't even say hi to me, so I understand. <laughs> that's the that's the curse of looking like a a a, a real life uh, Muppet, you know. <laughs> I don't talk to Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> Kids but have yeah, a no. solid stance on not talking to Muppets. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you're, yeah, label kills, man. It's it's uh, it's it's like yeah, like you said, and to this day, it's still like people still. That's the video people always want to talk to me about. Is label kills. That right. and losing my teeth. Those like the two, the two big ones all the time. I mean, not but, to say you didn't have a great part in Blackout, okay? Thanks. And all the ten thirty one videos. Let's you know, thanks. let's not forget them. Thanks. But did you, you know. ever think of doing like a spoof type cover of REM's Losing My Religion? But you're like, that's me in the corner. That's me in the spot. Light <sighs> losing my teeth. <laughs> and then that's it, you know? No, I never thought of that. <laughs> well, you should consider it. I think the internet would, would blow up for it. And you just play like slow motion like of that, that footage. Yeah. They would really love that. I think people would love it. I would love it. Yeah. Something to um, think about, I guess. <laughs> well, you know what? Like I said, you know, thanks again for being on the Fancy Lad podcast. Yeah. Um, sorry I have such a small bladder, but, you know, you got to listen to the Vert Button episode about label kills where they catch me. Uh, I can't say this in front of your daughter. <laughs> Peeing oh, in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> she's heard it all, man. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. That's all right. Um, but, yeah, um, truly, truly an honor to talk with you. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, 
hopefully we get to skate together one day. You know, I'd love that. I'd like to. I don't know. Me and Mike have been talking about trying to get back out on the road and get out there and skate with people again and stuff. So I don't know when that is. That's the way the whole world is, you know, with traveling and all that stuff. But um, hopefully, yeah, I'm coming. She's like, it's dinner time. Um, but yeah man it'd be cool i want to i want to get back out to the east coast it's been a while so we'll meet you in cleveland ohio yeah man i'd like i want to move back there kind of to tell you the truth but we'll see you should you can show us around (laughs) got yeah i got so much good stuff back there so many secret awesome spots good unique stuff yeah Yeah. should make this happen then we will. Yeah, man. And, and if you guys need any help getting any uh, any of the other label kills guys on here, we I would. Mean, I mean, every love that. Yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, I think everybody's pretty like easy to, to access. You know what I mean? Like everybody's cool. You think Lucero would be down, or is he? Too I busy? think so. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, he yeah. he might be a little hard to like nail down the date and the time. You know what I mean? But we're pretty flexible. He would because, do it for sure. I mean, Lucero, you know, Lucero, Tempster. I mean, I got so many heroes, you know, so it'd just be uh, great to interview him. Yeah. Um, Lucero would be good. You know who else would be good is Patrick Nagy. We had Ooh. him on already. Had him. <laughs> That's right. You had him yeah, on. Yeah, we had him on, yeah. And, he, and you're right. Yeah. He was fantastic. It's right. He he's was fucking yeah, he's we, awesome. We he's mentioned so cool. it in the uh, Jason Adams episode. Yeah, he, he is very cool. <sighs> I didn't hear that one. Did he tell you all kinds of the good secret behind the story stuff? He no. was. It was almost like two hours just of him exclusively talking shit about you. So you oh, might want to awesome. listen to it. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, he awesome. he mentioned that him and Lucero, you know, love to drink. Uh, which, you know, I was gonna ask. Uh, I thought, you know, but you already mentioned the whole black sheep thing being in a you know black sheep in a black sheep world. You know. But, yeah. Um. Cause I was like, Oh, well yeah. Cause you've always been straight edge, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't call myself straight edge. I did in high school in high mm-hmm. school. I was very like all about straight edge stuff. Um, but when I was 18, I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, so you can, I'm not you can just not drink and not be straight edge. Yeah. Right. I was like, yeah. how about I'm just going to be me? Yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah. Just do you. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, like to this day, like I still, don't i don't drink or do drugs you know yeah i never never have um well nagy but, made it seem like it was a wild time nonetheless dude the funny the funny thing about it is sorry i don't know if you're trying to wrap this up but you're just you're dragging more stories out of my no brain. no, no, no we're fine we're fine we just going. don't want to got to go on to dinner we just don't want to oh. hold you we don't want to keep you yeah, yeah dinner's we're, gonna get cold uh, we're good i'm all right um so the funny thing about it is it was a time where um well, first off, when I got on the team, I was like the first new, like John always would refer to me as like the, I don't know what his word was. I was like the, of the new generation, right? Like I was the first guy he ever had that like, I would, I had my own video camera. New I would blood. go out and film, I'd film on my own. I'd get photos taken. I, you know, I'd walk in the trans world and get a photographer, go shoot photos. I made everything happen for myself. And I'd go into John with tapes. And be like, here, this is what I filmed over the weekend, you know. And he never experienced that before. It was always like trying to get guys to to do stuff or whatever. And 
but also I didn't drink. I didn't, I didn't do drugs. I was strictly like, I wanted to skate and I wanted to play music and that was it. Like I didn't, that was it. And so there was me. So I was the first of that, which was weird because uh, it was, I know it was weird for them because our first, the first black label tour we ever did was in the early summer of 99. First black label tour ever. There had never been one before. Mm-hmm. And it was me, Mike V, Jason Adams, Brian Sieber, Tim Upson, Jim Gagne. And I just remember Gagne just, he didn't know what to make of me. Now, fast forward, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. And I mean, him and I have traveled so much together. But at the time, like Gagne smoked, he drank a lot. And he's a Massachusetts dude. And, you know, he yeah. has that New England, like, you know, like, what's your deal, bro? You know, like real new england tough guy thing about him you know oh yeah where's that selfie cap yeah but he's a sweetheart dude he's a sweet dude he's a sweetheart he doesn't probably want me to say that on here that he's a sweetheart but he's a sweetheart he's a sweet dude (laughs) but that was really weird for them like what's up with this dude he doesn't drink with us like you know i think it was really awkward for them like what to make of me but then after me then came jub jub was the same way he didn't drink he didn't do drugs then came Gilly. Gilly used to be the same way. Gilly didn't drink. Gilly didn't do anything. And then it was me, Gilly, Jub. I want to say there was maybe one other person that was like that too. I could be wrong. But all I remember Lucero thinking, oh, it's kind of weird. Like I've never had like guys that don't drink or whatever. But it's cool. You guys are out skating and like getting footage and whatever, you know. But um, so it so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess there was like an element of, you know, back then we all, a lot of us made a lot of money. So I guess there probably was an element of like a lot of crazy stuff, you know, especially if you were a rager, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when I, when I met my wife, my wife is from Toronto and she told a friend, some guy she knew up in Toronto that she was dating me. I'll never forget the story. The dude turns to me, he's just like, you better be careful. She's like, why? It's like, Svitak, that dude, he skates for Black Label, man. Like, dude's a ranger, man. He's he's wild. Yeah. And my wife is like, are you sure we're talking about the same person? Yeah. He's like, yeah, man. Like, Black Label guy, he's, he's crazy. He's nuts. And rager, drugs, and all this stuff. And she's like, I don't think you know him very well. You know, <laughs> but that, that was kind of like the persona, like, the image, I don't know, like that we were all just like crazy ragers. And some people did rage harder than others, but um, yeah. well, I was probably, like, you know, it, it's probably a good idea. It's probably always a good idea. You know, obviously it's much healthier, but also with skateboarding, skaters have addictive personalities. So it's like the reason why you become so good at skating is because you get so addicted to it. So it's kind of the same thing. Like it could easily bleed over into, you know, abusing substances so yeah and and you know and everybody has their own story you know what i mean like everybody has their own backstory of stuff they've you know for me i kind of always related back to like it goes back to things that i experienced as a kid you know what i mean so it's not like um there's straight edge dudes out there that that's why i just think it's just so corny i, I don't even know where they're coming from but for me it's i'm like dude, i can't I, I can't relate to you all i can relate to is like why I went down a certain path was just because of my own 
like personal experiences, right? So I just, my energy was just always focused in skating and music. And that was it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I had friends that were doing heroin and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that. I just want to, like, we were supposed to go skate. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. We were supposed to go skate, but now you're slumped over. You know, like. Well, so respect. I, that's know. a whole other issue, but. but quote Foss, fuck drugs, let's skate. Yeah. I, but, you know, uh, but back to Nagy, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was like, it was definitely, I mean, it was wild. Like, um, just, I, and I want to touch upon this because I know Jason had talked about it, about um, we were such we were such black label back then was such black sheeps to the skateboarding industry. You know what I mean? That it felt, we actually would feel like kind of weird resentment towards us from certain industry people because we weren't the dude supposed to be making the money we were making. You know what I mean? Like black, they were like, what are you doing here? You know, in the money room. Like we were one of the, we were one of the biggest board sellers in skateboarding at the time. And we were all just like, you know, like, of course, I mean, that, that label kills is filled with, I think, my favorite skateboarders in the world and lots of talent, but we weren't, we, with the amount of boards we were selling and everything we were doing and the touring and the traveling and all that stuff, you would have thought, you just wouldn't, people just didn't think that we were the dudes to be able to, to have that. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I get yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Up the punks. Yeah, so it was kind of cool. It was just like, I don't know, like, it was kind of cool. Like, we were like the the underground, like, blue-collar, black sheep kind of team that everyone wanted our boards. And and I remember getting into arguments with that. With I, I remember skating with this one filmer down in San Diego, and he was just this dude that was in the San Diego world. And I don't know how to explain that, but I'm just talking early 2000s, San Diego you go to film a trick with the dude and he's just like, well, oh, you better do that switch. You know, like comments yeah. like that, like, dude, yeah. really? and I remember him dropping a comment about, um, uh, I think I did a boneless or something. He's just like, dude, and, like, he like made fun of it or something. I was like, dude, that's like the stuff like, like, like Lucero would like back that. And, and I remember he made a comment of like, well, that's kind of what some people think black labels goofy or whatever. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, like, you just left your little San Diego bubble, yeah, back then, and mm-hmm. saw what I see when I go out on tour. You know, like mm-hmm. skater kids all don't come from San Diego, where everybody is just so dialed into the, you know, they're like, no, nah, dude, their kids or their freaking parents are working at the steel mills during the day, and and they got shitty you know, spots, shitty ground. You know, shitty those fucking, spots. Those West Coast kids are really spoiled. I hate to say it, but I am gonna fucking say it. They are spoiled. They don't understand I what know. it's like having spots that and are they all fucking think, garbage. And they all think they're the key holders to skateboarding, you yeah. know. It's uh which yeah. they are, I guess, in a way. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean the whole know, industry frustrating there, but... thing. You know, I mean, it's kind of like how Hollywood is thinks that, you know, they're like the key holder of like the film industry. And it's like, yeah, you fucking I guess you are in a way. Yeah, yeah, you are. But like you didn't like fucking uh, film existed before Hollywood did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's and that's what I would say to them. It's just like, yeah, but I I don't know what to tell you because we're selling tons of boards right now to skaters all around the world that, you know, maybe it's not the biggest in San Diego right now. But like you go anywhere else and it's huge. 
And why is that? Because fucking Jason Adams did a freaking firecracker down the stairs. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, so, um, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I don't know where I was going. Cause, with that he's, cause he's slappy to curb. Cause he's slappy cause, to curb. Cause no Jason Adams slappy to curb. All right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, in your face. So, <laughs> right. So anyways, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, those are all the things that just made label kills like such a, a special video to so many people, you know. Special video at a special time, you know. Oh, I wish that you could still make money off skate videos, but That'd unfortunately, nice. the internet ruined that for everybody too. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and you know, and before we go, just I the other thing is to give so much credit to is Lustero because uh, Mike V has said this before. Of he told me once he goes, "You realize how lucky you are that you." He's like, you are, and I am as well. We are so lucky that we skated for John. And Mike went on to say, he's like, I'm so lucky that I skated for, like, you. he's like, you skated for one of the best, which is Lucero, and he skated for two of the best, which Mike got to skate for Stacy Peralta mm-hmm. and John Lucero. And what he was saying by that is Stacy Peralta and John Lucero are two of the best. Like, they know how to find... Um, what makes you you special and unique in your skating special and unique and present it the right way to everybody mm-hmm. if that makes sense it like Stacy Stacy was so good at that and John was so good at that with how he marketed us in the magazines in the video all the little stuff the, the video clip the little clips that maybe you didn't want in your part but John saw the bigger picture that really kind of like brought out the personality in each skater and um that's a skill i don't even know if it's a skill it's just a natural something beautiful that they those guys have in them yeah um because i always say i was the same skater when i rode for invisible and i love invisible don't get me wrong but when john was able to get my footage when john was able to uh promote me you know what i mean yeah that's when it change because it was the right guy that could be like you know and and that and that i always think is something special like I, so many of my friends are pro skateboarders that have skateboarded for so many different companies but um and a lot of them probably have maybe maybe have had bigger more financially better careers or whatever than i have um but the one thing i got was that was so special is just to to be to ride for John Lucero and be in those videos and be in those ads because sometimes when you look at like the other guys stuff, it's just like, Oh, it doesn't, doesn't look that cool. I mean, it might be making them boatloads of money, but it didn't really like whoever, whatever company they rode for didn't have that, that, that eye to like bring out their uniqueness and personality, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. So anyways, I just think like that's, you know, that's what makes Label Kills so great. Yeah, and right. then John was I'm, so fortunate to have Patrick Nagy by his side yeah. to, to know how to turn a computer on. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Right. Well, I got to say, before Biggs says something, I got to give a big yell exit because I think that next to, next to uh, John and Stacey, you got to fucking put Bigzo up there because Bigzo is doing doing exactly that. He might yeah. not give himself credit for that, but the way he's been able to portray these people, they're all just like 
you know, free thinkers as far as skateboarding goes and just like put it together. And he also has a real great eye for noticing uh, repetition in random shit and putting all that together. Like when he's just going through the. But uh, I just want to give props to Big Zo, well, who's edited all the all the videos. That's awful. And, and I think, you know, obviously Label Kills has had a huge influence over you. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Legs at John. Yeah. Yeah. Legs at John. Um, no. Yeah. It's the same. Same. Same deal, really. I mean, you know, obviously, I think, you know, honestly, I think Matt just flourished because uh, not to say that he was, you know, being held back by 1031, but just, you know, uh he didn't have the sort of manip, you know, cause he does all the manipulations with the yeah. bots, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so he didn't even have that as an outlet of a possibility, you know, when he was riding for yeah. 1031, but then when he started riding for fancy lad, you know, I mean, I always encourage any sort of, uh, you know, I say no, no clip is too dumb, you know? Yeah. So I encourage anybody to do anything that they want to do. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's the power of the editing, seeing everything, sort of like trying to take an overview of everything afterwards and being yeah. able to sort of cherry pick all the best, uh, those choicest moments. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I gotta say, as far as I don't know too much about marketing, as far as marketing goes, Matt's a tough one. He's your average donkey Joe's from the suburban, uh, Massachusetts, but, uh, gets excited. Anytime we see, we drive by an old Navy, He's yeah. like, oh, pull over, pull over. But he, he loves his anonymity, and I think that that uh, sort of is the only thing to actually market him as, is the anonymous man, where Orange Man is the opposite. He wants to be the most seen man in the world, the, hence yeah. the orange. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. skated with him. I've skated with Orange Man. Really? How was that? Yeah. And that's why maybe I was thinking that I met one of you guys, because me and Mike B, did a, we came through a street plant somewhere in Massachusetts. Oh, at Max Hesh. Max Hesh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Was there? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right. I'm gonna, got to skate with them there. So that's I didn't know. I, you, I didn't know you were there, but I didn't make it to that. I bet Zach yeah. was there. Yeah. That's why I felt like I knew I was in your like in your world over right, there. Right. You know what I mean? But Tomasello, man, he. It's funny because when he all of a sudden one of his videos came out and I blew up, and of course I didn't see it because I don't follow shit. But mm-hmm. all my friends started sending me this video. They're like, you got to check this out. And sure enough, I open it up. I'm like, dude, that's, I know that kid, man. Like, <laughs> that's Matt. That was, it's so cool, man. That's so cool. And that always like makes me feel like, I don't know. I just feel like so, it's funny because I guess some riders, they always feel like, they always feel like so lucky to have been a part of a team or whatever. But from all the years of me doing 1031, I always feel like, when I look back, I always feel like I feel so lucky to have been a part of like some of these skaters journey, yeah, at least for right. a little bit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like maybe I couldn't have done like I didn't have any money. Like, you know, there wasn't a lot I could do, but it makes me feel good to have like tried to like do what I could. You know what I yeah. mean? For yeah. the skate. And then well, it's for the love of the game. Yeah. And I got to yeah. tell you, like. I was we were hanging out with Matt earlier, and uh, he was wearing a ten thirty one shirt, and I was like, "Do you?" Dude, do, was I, that the I photo was like, you sent to me? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I "Are it you?" Was an old photo. No, no I was no, like, no, I, I just like, took that today. Yeah, I was like, "Are you wearing that?" 
did Big Zo tell you we're, we're having Christian on tonight? And he's like, what? And it, like, but he's always just wearing 1031 stuff. He always puts 1031 stickers on his boards and shit. He still has like I a don't bunch know of how sti- many stickers I, you sent it, him. Because he's somehow given me, he still has he 1031 stickers. He randomly will give me like such a big stack of 1031 stickers. And I'm like, what? dude, how do you still have these? And he's just like, yeah, he'll just have them on his boards. He wears the shirts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, he's wow. a, like he 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 speaks very highly of his time on 1031. So wow. just want you to know that. Oh man, that makes me feel good. <laughs> it should. It, it should. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. It, you know, wow. It's a cool company. Yeah. But we should That's wrap true. this up. You know, we'll save this yeah. uh we'll save uh this conversation for uh next time when we meet IRL. I'm yeah, sure in it'll person. one day. In person. One day. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. Well, if you guys ever come out here, or if I end up back in Ohio, or if I go to Massachusetts, that'd be cool. Yeah. Dude, sure. We'll link up in one of the 50 states. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, one of them. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And maybe, uh, you know, for the fans of that video, not to give any spoilers, maybe we can get you saying, fuck this video, and we'll put it in the video. You know, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> that would be really good. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Christian, it's been a pleasure. It's great meeting you. Yeah, thank great you, man. We really you. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. It was really fun, man. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just glad to, uh, you know, give give credit where credit's due, you know. I just want to, you know, send some glory back your way, you know, for uh, like I was going to say about Lucero, just making making uh, showcasing the glory of these otherwise unsung hometown heroes, you know, these characters and uh yeah um respect well thanks man. thanks yeah well and like enjoy- i said man if, if you got a list of other uh guys from the video you want to talk to just hit me up i'll i can get you in touch with almost any of them sounds well, good i go. will be in touch and you know yeah. what enjoy your dinner thanks man i think a small lasagna cooking right now <laughs> lucky all right perfect all right well, thanks again we'll talk right, to guys. you soon all right sounds good have a good Thanks, one. Man. Peace. All right, later. Ah, that was just a great interview. Ah, man. Christian, what a sweet guy. You know what? I knew that I was going to get along with him just based off his footage, but mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't know how best of a new best friend you're going to make during these Fancy Lad podcasts. It's weird to think that you can have an hour and a half long Zoom call with someone and then be best of friends afterwards. But it happens. It seems to happen every week. Yeah, which is kind of weird. It is kind of weird. You got a lot of best friends. I know, especially because I don't know what to get them for their birthday, even though they're my new best friend. I don't even know when their birthday is. I know. So I think just to be safe, every day we'll send them a cake. Or a oh. space cake. Oh. Made by Clown Shoes brand beer. Oh, I'm not sure if Christian would like that. No, I don't think we should send it to Christian. But maybe we'll send him an actual cake. Yeah. Everyone else. Clown shoes, brand beer, space cake. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's goddamn... It's a trip. It's a trip sometimes interviewing all these people from our childhood. But, mm-hmm. you know, I do agree that, uh, you know, to celebrate Black Label's 20th anniversary of Label Kills. Yep. Who knows? Maybe we'll interview every writer from the video Label Kills by Black Label. 
I mean, we've got two of the riders. We got Patrick Nagy. Mm-hmm. We're we got we're, we're, we're on our way already. I mean, frankly, uh, people probably are getting sick of hearing it, and I don't give a damn. But that black that label kills is your favorite video. Mm-hmm. Listen, you you got to own that. Don't 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 feel shame that people are sick of hearing it. I will dedicate my life to analyzing every last little clip in that video. And listen, this isn't the label kills podcast. No, it's not. Although it kind of seems like it, it is because like we've it mentioned be. it for the last like fifteen episodes at least. Yeah, but for good reason. It might be the label kills podcast for the next few episodes. We'll find out. Yeah, especially because, quite frankly, we don't have many other guests lined up. I mean, we could line. We got sounds like we can stack them with label boys. I know. You know, who's going to be your favorite? Uh, probably honestly, probably Nagy. I think it's already come and gone. Mm. Not Mike V. No, but I'm I'm over behind the scenes type of guy. Yeah, yeah. Not Patrick Melcher. No, no, no. Not Ricky Espinosa. No, no, no. Oh, well, actually, you there. know, actually, <laughs> there you, you know go. what? <laughs> I might kind of want. I kind of want to talk to Ricky Espinosa. Yeah. So I think we should try to wrangle him up next. Call me crazy. I, I'm not going to call you crazy because last time I, I don't want to talk about what happened last time, but I'm not going to do it. But what happened? Last time? I don't want to remind you because you I don't want to trigger anything. Could you give me a hint? No, no, I'm not going to give you a hint. I'm not going to tell you that you picked me up, spun me upside down, threw me head first out the window. Mm-hmm. And then right before I hit the ground, you grabbed me, yep. pulled me back up, mm-hmm. threw me out another window. Yep. Did that three more times. Okay, I remember that. And then you made me install new windows. That's when I made you install new windows. Right, but then you remember what you did after that? Refresh my memory? Yeah, you threw me through every single one of those windows. (laughs) I just didn't think uh, the brand Storm Window used was up to snuff. Right. No, I mean, you were right. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to... Home Depot, and I said, where's the cheapest windows you have? And they sent me to Harbor Freight. And then I went to their dumpster, and I pulled out some... Uh, it wasn't even windows. It was just, like, cellophane wrap in between, like, a a makeshift 2x4 uh, frame. Well, you got to do what you got to do. You know, that's that DIY mentality that, uh, you know, I uh, we were talking about that we know and love so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I like, you know, I like windows from dumpsters. I like pizza from dumpsters. I'll take it all. Yeah. The right choice. Oh, absolutely. Free is for me. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that we should wrap this up. But, uh, you know, I will say until next time. What are you going to say? Keep on rocking in free world. I fucking knew it. Uh, Yeah.